Hello, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of No Limits presented by StateHornet.com. I am your host, Matt Irvin III, and I'm joined once again by my good friend, Gary Singh. Gary, how you doing today? What's up? What's happening? What's good with Mac Irvin III? <laughs> well, you know, Gary, we actually have a guest this week. Big time guest. Legend in the game. <laughs> yeah, we figured with uh, sports getting ready to restart, we figured there's no better time to talk to him. So please welcome to the show, Sack B, high school extraordinaire, Joe Davidson. Mac, Gary, thanks for the intro. Good to, good to see you guys. Good to hear you guys. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, Joe. So we have a couple questions here lined up for you. So let's get to it. Uh, the first question I have on the docket today was, how is the pandemic going to affect uh, recruiting uh, recruiting for colleges in local areas in this area? Do you, how much do you really think it's going to affect you know kids getting recruited by these colleges because of how the lack of opportunity they got to play this year? Well, Gary, you nailed it. It's um, you know, there's ninety two percent of high school kids in America get a full athletic scholarship. So the majority overwhelmingly clearly uh, don't get a scholarship but there's in every region in every big metropolitan area like Sacramento the Bay Area LA there's going to be prospects there's going to be a football player or, or 20 of them or 30 of them and what's happened is no games for the fall um, there's games this spring uh, but the recruiting period's already over it's going into next season and so um, lost opportunities and it's a real bummer um and there's going to be a backlog because junior college student athletes get an extra year of eligibility we know the four-year programs like sacramento state will have players with an extra year of eligibility so it's going to be a backlog of of experience now some seniors at uc davis or sac state two local schools um will lose seniors because they're just not going to stay a fifth year or sixth year but i think programs like sac state are going to do just fine they're still going to continue to recruit sacramento and california hard Terrific coach, Mac. You guys know him. Uh, uh, Troy Taylor, they're in good shape. Opted out for spring football to try to just stay healthy for the fall. I think that's, at the first, I was surprised by it, but I've known Troy Taylor for, for many years, and nobody competes harder than he does, and his reasoning makes sense. So, um, you know, it's I would, I would think a lot of local high school kids would go out and watch their spring drills. They're not playing spring ball, uh, but I don't even know if they're allowed with this uh, – dead period of sorts for recruiting. So it's it's unlike anything we've ever seen in every angle, this whole COVID and pandemic right on down to recruiting. Yeah, and like that actually has a good follow-up question you just got made me think of. Do you, with that backlog, like how, what's the conclusion to that really? Is it just going to be missed opportunities for these kids? Is it going to be missed opportunities where? And like also just on a side note that you mentioned, what was your perspective on our season, Not them not going into this year playing football and waiting it out? Do you think it was, you know, you mentioned it was a good decision, but do you feel like that decision was based more for, let's be honest, money? Or do you feel like it was based more on just the opportunity for kids to be healthy in this? One? How, how do you engage that whole uh, whole uh, prospect and stuff about the area? Excellent question. Um. I'll touch on that in a second and, you know, touch on your first point, um, you know, you know, how is the, the recruiting and it's, um, it's going to really show the one thing about a backlog where it's at junior colleges or at the four-year colleges, we have great junior colleges around here, American River College, Sierra College, um, Sacramento City. Um, it's going to cause a lot of competition. The competition is going to be fierce. So it's really going to trim off the guys who, weren't going to be impact starters or maybe not even hardly see the thing. So they're going to be peeled off. Um, the, the local junior colleges didn't have a, a fall season and no spring season. 
And so all those guys will come back or they'll just say, I'm moving on. I, I don't want to do this anymore. I think the guys who have a future in it, uh, you know, to play at a four-year level, whether it's a Sac State level or Penn State, Oklahoma level, um, you know, those guys will rise. And the, the local JC coaches are terrific, but they're already anticipating a big backlog. And so there's going to be a lot of guys who – local high school kids who are going to go into the junior colleges um, in, in huge numbers for all sports. And, you know, they're going to be not used to sitting and they're, and they're, you know, they're going to be behind a, a third year or a fourth year sophomore. You know, that's the guy who's, you know, is as old as you guys almost. So that's going to be interesting. Um, now Sac State. So when, when I caught wind that Sac State was going to opt out of um, the spring season back in the late fall, when the COVID thing really roared on us and, and the big big sky said no fall football try to shoot for the spring and then um and then there was the announcement from Sacramento State coach Troy Taylor and athletic director Mark Orr and um you know and we asked them those questions is this money influenced um colleges big time sports but at the Sac State level there's not an ESPN contract to televise big sky games they, they don't have massive sponsorship dollars so is that a problem you know lack of money and sponsorships and um and no uh, no attendance which is huge revenue not at all sac state coach and ad said that's not a factor and what had happened was some of the players within the program skill players guys receivers linebackers uh uh fullbacks guys who were quarterback guys who were in the action all the time uh, linemen all of them really um were talking among themselves with the coaches and said hey you know if, if Sac State has a really good spring football season and makes it to the FCS playoffs, which I think we could assume, considering how much talent's back from the 2019 Big Sky Championship team, then they could be pushed way into deep May. And if you're going to have football camp just around the corner in July and August, that's that's tough. If a guy has a serious injury, he might miss two seasons. Um, and so... Sac State was the first one to do that, opt out, but not the only. I think um, Montana, Montana State, Northern Colorado, and Portland State, I believe those are the four, also opted out. And then look what's happened. So UC Davis's first game on February 27th was pushed back a few weeks because of uh, COVID issues with the opponent, Cal Poly. These things are going to happen. It's happening in the high school realm where the positive tests are coming up and cancel. Um, so that's uh, – um, I, I thought the Sac State move was surprising at first, but hearing Troy Taylor and Mark Orr talk about it, these are football guys, they're they're diehard competitors, they know Sac State's on the map, Sac State's not afraid of anybody. You know what? They know this the better than I do. Um, the, the, they know it better than the public. And Troy Taylor said it was his decision, and the administration backed him, and there was no pressure to to do this. So that's just not the way they operate. They're, they're totally committed to Troy Taylor signing with a 10-year or 7-year contract. Um, he got his first year in, um, and he's in his second year now. So, uh, um, and Troy Taylor is a big picture guy. He says, you know, better days are ahead. You know, with, if this is the worst thing in, in, in these guys' life that they couldn't play fall football, they've had a, they're going to have a good life. He goes, we will play football and they'll be ready. It's real. All this spring football, high school and college really is a trial run for the fall, how to do testing, how to, you know, protocol and all that. Maybe, you know, President Biden had a State of the Union address tonight. Um, he says everything should be back to normal by July 4th, which would be great. Um, you know, that's that should mean we should um, 
you know, let's get back to normal. What about you guys? Are you going to be on campus learning this fall? Or is it still going to be distance? What's Has there been an update on that? I believe they said some classes will, can have uh, park capacity and some will continue to remain online. But I think they're still yeah. finalizing everything. Still flexible Not as it quite goes. normal. Yeah. yeah, still up in the air, I think, a lot of it, to be honest. So, so you mentioned that. I do think that's probably a good move, you know, to err on the side of caution for those kind of things, especially if you have seasons running up that close. But, I mean, what's that, what has it been like for these teams and players, like, in the FCS and in high school that haven't had fall, fall football? They've had to wait, and now they're getting into it in the spring. What's their mindset going to be like? How have they sort of prepared for this spring season? You know, Mac, uh, they've, they've prepared – for the unknown, um, have no idea what the COVID numbers were going to do. Some city, you know, LA County was, is big numbers, San Francisco, Sacramento had it, it, it's high numbers. And then you just kept hoping for better days and all these uh, events where these uh, became super spreaders, the holidays, Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas and new years. And, and, but now all the numbers are trending down. So, uh, you know, you could look at it and say, Hey, the, the masking social distancing worked enough where it went down. Um, the numbers went down, so it's allowed sports to return. But um, players in high school, the local colleges, um, frustrated. You know, it's just, uh, you know, high school kids and college kids, this is the time of their life. And to have it all on pause with no, you know, they have coaches who don't have the answers. Um, and people are fed up. They're frustrated with Governor Newsom. They're frustrated with governing bodies of college sports or high school sports. They're, they're just, um, you know, counties and districts, and, and there's just, it's we've never experienced anything like it and um you know the, the driven stable high school kid and a college kid has found a way um you know through you know because they're part of a team uh, you know troy taylor was in regular contact with his sac state hornets they, they're in spring drills now i believe um out there in the field and uh so you, you know good leadership but you think about all the high schools there are 1600 high schools in this state and that's just for varsity and so you, you double it with all the JV. So you're talking 3,500, you know, closing around four, um, 4,000 school, you know, kids, if they're freshman teams and all that. So there's been a real concern of the mental toll of not having uh, on-campus learning, not having sports, not having an outlet, not having something fun. Um, and whether it's up in El Dorado Hills or Placer County or Oak Grove or, or Sacramento County, small towns, big cities, old schools, newer schools, there's been a real concern with kids attempting suicide or kids uh, committing suicide, whether they're student athletes or somebody who used to be in the band or theater, uh, including kids who are good students and have good, you know, seemingly stable home lives. Um, and, you know, some of the, the students don't have any room at home to do distance learning you know the internet is, is faulty or their, their their house is crowded so it's been a toll there so how they handle it mac um everybody different um people seem to be ecstatic that there's uh, spring games coming up which is goofy it's great i think it's, it's gonna be fun no limited crowds so um we're gonna see how it plays out and 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 see um you know what what's 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 going on with them, but a lot of hurt, heartache, confusion, frustration, and now a sense of, hey, we have something here. Yeah, Joe, I mean, that's kind of sad to hear, to be honest. Like you mentioned those little, like those numbers and that the aspect of that mental thing. So like you said, like hopefully, like you said, this opportunity for kids, you know, to get out, to get that 
get that awareness and get that, you know, get that little mental break from like, you know, whatever they're dealing with. I think it's going to be a big impact. And, you know, you mentioned right now that there's going to be limited fans. So like, and we also just heard this week, Sac State might be allowing limited fans as well. So just in terms of high school, maybe you can also touch on Sac State too, if you haven't heard anything. What do you predict the atmosphere to be like at these games? You know, we know I remember high school, my Friday nights, Pleasant Grove versus Sheldon, as you probably know, that rivalry, it's always, it's a big game. It's a big game in the building. It's a big game in the area. So, but, so it's going to be really different now. What do you kind of feel like the atmosphere is going to be like if you had to predict? Well, um, and Gary, I think I remember seeing security haul you out, you and your friends out there causing trouble <laughs> for the Sheldon game and, and, and all. Maybe it was somebody else, I don't know. But um, the, uh, which is why you changed your name, it looks like. Um, no, the... Um, I think the atmosphere is going to be hollow. It's going to be empty. And, you know, look at these Kings games or the Major League Baseball uh, games last season or the NBA Finals where you got cardboard cutouts and uh, piped-in sound. It's just not the same. It feels like a nice scrimmage with everybody in their game uniforms. Um, and so the high school, you know, some high schools, it depends on each district, uh, are allowing um, a player to have four people coming in. So it could be, you know, your mom and your dad and a brother and sister or grandparents or whatever. And some are allowing just grandparents, uh, just just parents um, or two people. Um, so there'll be, you know, somebody, uh, people, and I think people are going to wear their masks. I think they're going to do everything they can. Uh, maybe some, you know, there's always the defiant few that don't want to do it. They're mad at the world. Um, but I, I think there's some of these high school stadiums, Mac, you've seen them, you know, there's lots of room. And I think it, it, I think if the COVID numbers continue to drop um, favorably, then we may see more increased fans. And it's not, and there's going to be a lot of high schools that will not charge fans. They're just going to say, we're just here, glad to have you. Um, it's not going to be a, it's not going to be a revenue maker. Now for Sac State, kudos to the Hornets. They're going to listen to the County Department of Health and see what the, uh, what tier it is and, 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 and go by those guidelines on how many people are allowed. And hey, people like going to a Sac State baseball game. What a great venue. What a great program. What a great coach and Reggie Christensen with all this uh, terrific work and, and his regional NC2A regional teams. And uh, um, and, and so people want to go, you know, people want to get out and get under. And that's outdoors, under the lights. Um, and so I think that's terrific that they're doing that. And, um, and they might have um, contractual things with sponsors uh you know if somebody's gonna have a sponsor and put signage out there at a sporting event they'd like people to see it and so i think there might be an obligation hey we want to take care of our sponsors who have taken care of us um so i'm looking forward to going out to a sac state baseball game um and seeing people out there and i think people will mask up and, and do their part and uh but you know the sac state baseball team lost a lot last season just a few handful of games uh, could have been another cha conference championship team. Could have been another NC2A qualifier, and didn't happen. And so you, you know, we talk about football. It's the most populated sport, popular popular sport. But baseball, you know, those guys hurt just as much. So uh, I know the Hornets have shown a lot of promise early this season, um, and a powerhouse. And so that's going to be great. And softball is going to have some fans, and probably track and field, and uh, all good, all good. Because weeks ago we had no clue if we did this. This, this interview a month ago, we might have said, we may not see anything happening. <laughs> and it's funny, I know you mentioned uh, football being like the most popular sport or the most talked about sport, and you mentioned that the uh, some of the other sports are hurting. Are, th are there uh, Is there another sport that you feel that hasn't been covered as much that's been affected the most by the pandemic? Oh, yeah. Um, 
we always think of football, but if you think about the next major or equally popular in some people's mind um, is basketball, and you double it. You got boys basketball in this region, Sacramento region has been a great over the years, and so have the girls. Um, we've had a lot of teams win Northern California championships, state championships, Sheldon Huskies. Jerry's old school uh, has been the top ranked team in all of Northern California the last three seasons. Not this uh, spring, lost lost a lot of guys, uh, but that's how good that program has been. Um, and the guidelines now say that indoor sports can happen with a lot of testing. It's still up to each school district. You know, we don't know if Elk Grove Unified School District is going to say go ahead. They probably will. It's it's a very involved school district, but it's also a, a large school district, and there's no on-campus instruction yet. That may happen at the end of March, more uh, more in uh, early April, I'm, I'm hearing, um, to, to try it out. But, yeah, basketball is a big loss. We would be in the Northern California Championship Finals this weekend, tomorrow and Saturday. That would be where we would be. And so those kids have all messed up. Now, they have a glimmer of hope now because it looks like they could get a season in um, if everything goes okay. Uh, but there will be no high school playoffs for any sport. Um, you know, four or five spring games for area teams, no, not enough games for league championships, no, no playoffs. They're okay. They're just going to play. Uh, we're going to rank those teams, and Sacramento will be – basketball will not have any playoffs. That's what the fun – Sheldon basketball, what's the fun part about Sheldon over the years? The playoffs. The mm-hmm. section championship marks, the games at Oracle Arena, the games at Golden 1. You know, and, and so volleyball as well, Mac, um, the volleyball – girls community has been thrown for a loop they're hoping for a, a late spring season um you know baseball and softball are already underway um, those two sports lost all of it last year they made it three or four games in maybe two uh track and field is is, is, is going right now or about to start but cross country is about to end so mac you're looking at three million high school um, seniors about in california and all of them on pause and maybe another three million or so uh, people who are in, in marching bands and theater and dance and drumline, all those extracurricular, all on pause. Uh, and so um, a lot of uh, a lot of loss and, and a lousy year for the year of 2021 and a tough graduating year for the class of 2020. Didn't even get to graduate on campus or in a, a, at Golden One. It was all done virtually. So we, we, we all can't wait till we don't use the word pandemic COVID, social distancing, distance learning. This is all vocabulary, we've, you know, all wordage we've never used before. Can't wait to get rid of it. Yeah, Joe, you just took me back real quick, too, because I work at the Kings Arena, too, and I remember the weekend right before CIF was about to be there, Sheldon was about to play, Sierra Canyon. I used to coach a couple of those players because I used to coach for Smedberg back in the day, and a couple of my players were on that team, and just seeing them not getting that chance, protesting, trying to get the opportunity to play just didn't happen was really sad to see, so... You're you're on the money right there, but that kind of leads straight into my next question here. Since you know you've been, you already know you talked to us earlier. You've been covering this thing before me and Mac been alive, so it's a great question to ask you right here. What are your top three athletes to ever come out of Sacramento and actually made an impact in your mind? Oh, that's a good one. Uh, so I've been at the B since eighty nineteen eighty eight, but I've been I was at the Davis Enterprise before that. So um, 19, so I've been around for local high school coverage and regional coverage uh, colleges since 84 so you said the three most 
impressive athletes that we're saying with an impact yeah, beyond top athletes with a with an impact beyond yeah, top three athletes okay well i would yeah. um top of my mind right now i'm gonna go with uh shaq thompson played at grant mm -hmm. 2011 high school grant uh a graduate dynamite running back dynamite linebacker good kid uh, uh polite friendly would auto sign autographs because his mother would say you go over there and sign those autographs for those kids they're here to watch you he's a humble young man and he, then he uh becomes a star at university of washington he's the first round pick by the carolina panthers he's a, a um, five or six years in the nfl and he's been a starter um and he was up for the nfl man of the year awards which is impact in your community in charlotte where he is now in the nfl and in sacramento and a good guy and an incredible athlete. So um, I would go with him. Um, I'm going to stick with football and, and his good buddy, uh, Eric Armstead of Pleasant Grove, uh, a two-way lineman, six foot eight, 275 pounds, basketball player, goes to the University of Oregon, national recruit, could have gone anywhere, just like Shaq. Um, and then he went to, uh, to the Oregon Ducks, played um, uh, offensive line. And then he and Shaq, I did a series of stories leading into their draft um, worked out together in San Diego. And these guys were mature, good, uh, good parents in their life, um, just uh, understood the big picture of, of what an athlete can do and be an influence and um, stressing reading to children and, and literacy and, and things like that. And so he becomes a first-round pick. They were, became first-round picks the same night, and they enjoyed it together. Um, and that was, a, a, it was the first time Sacramento had two first-round picks since 1983. Uh, with Ken O'Brien, quarterback out of uh, Jesuit and UC Davis, and then uh, Tony Eason out of Delta High School in Clarksburg, American River College, Illinois. He went to the Patriots. Um, so that's a long time. And I'm going to go with a third one, and I'm going to go with a girl athlete. Uh, Danielle Biglione led the state in scoring at Del Campo High School, Maxwell School in mm -hmm. 1992 or 93. High school All-American, uh, one of the most prolific dominating scores in state history. I think she's still the Sac Joaquin section's all-time career scorer, four-year starter, goes to Texas, University of Texas, who's an all-stand out there, plays professionally, plays for the Monarchs, plays overseas, um, still is active in Sacramento in coaching clinics, uh, how to play basketball, how to shoot basketball, how to make it a team sport. Um, she's just a gift, and she gets honored every once in a while at Golden One. It was a year ago last week when she got some kind of honor. Um, just for her impact on a flashback. And uh, so that's just, you know, we have great female athletes, Olympians, like Debbie Meyer won gold medals in the 1968 Swimming Olympics. She's been a great, phenomenal impact. Uh, has had swimming schools and academies, just a class act. You know, Evelyn Ashford used to run track at Roseville High in the 1970s against the, you know, with the boys because they didn't have girls teams. How about that for a long time ago? That was before mm -hmm. Title IX. And then won uh, Olympic medals as a sprinter. And so uh, we've had uh, guys play in the NBA. Matt Barnes played in the NBA. Kevin Johnson played in the NBA. Bill Cartwright from Elk Grove won three NBA championships as a player for the Bulls, the first three with Michael Jordan, um, or Michael Jordan's first three. And uh, we've had a whole bunch of Major League Baseball guys um, make it and do good things in the community. Reese Hoskins, Jesuit High School, Sac State, uh, Philadelphia uh, Phillies, you know, good people, good guys. We've had a We've had a lot of those different sports, uh, a lot of high character guys, and um, and a lot of them. All those guys I mentioned always give back. They have not forgotten about home. Elk Grove High School's got five or six guys in the major leagues, which is phenomenal. So, uh, 
uh, whether it's Oak Grove Unified or Grant and Del Paso Heights or Del Campo and you know and, and Carmichael, we've we've had guys do some good things. So it's it's really cool. It's what makes my job fun, and, and I'm always in contact and always get access to those guys. Teddy Bruski was a football star at Roseville. I named him our number one high school player all time at the Sacramento Bee in a 2000 story. Um, and I think he would still be there. He won, he played five Super Bowls with the Patriots and won three. And so there's another good guy. So um, that's a loaded question, Gary. I mean, I can't, I can't give you just three. I have to give you a 20 right there. Yeah, I loved how you went all over the place. I think that was a great little span of, especially, like you said, the biggest thing I think you mentioned there was impact beyond just the field, football field, the court, the track, or anything along those lines. So I think that was a great way to put it. Thank you. And then another question, probably to close out here, from somebody who's been in the business so long and covering sports for so many years, what advice can you give to young fledgling sports journalists? I love that question. And when I talk to local high schools and local college journalism performance, I always say, hey, you know, if you're curious about it and you like it and you want to do it, then chase after it. It's a fun gig. Mac, it's fun sitting next to you when we um, – when we do Sac State football games and, you know, you get a golden gem like Troy Taylor, you're going to get good interviews and, you know, good sound bites or make for good listening or good reading, you know, for guys like you or anybody at the state Hornet, you know, you got a gift where you have a reputable, uh, well-known on-campus newspaper and it's online and there's social media and you could do breaking news. And so use that resource, uh, whether you're at Sac State or Chico State or UC Davis or a junior college student, you know, if you, um, and I would read as many sports stories as you can, read magazine stories, read a news story, read breaking news, read features, columns, opinions, and see how they all write. And, you know, when you type up your own stories, um, critique each other and don't take it personal. Hey, you know, we're going to. I've edited Mac stuff. I love working with Mac. Hey, Mac, I, I put this here and all that. And it's a, a, an effort to, um, you know, we're just trying to um, coach up a little bit. And so be coachable. Accept editing. Accept critique. Because you may be in a position someday where you're doing the editing and you're doing the critiquing. And it's uh, people shouldn't take it personal, and, but just take it, um, you know, as, as constructive. And I would also stress um, for people wanting in the, in the media in general, but sports media in particular to big picture things and you get the questions you guys ask me today a lot of big picture stuff that's exactly what people want to have you go cover a high school football game or a sac state football game you want to talk about what happened that night but you also want to look ahead you know and say what's next what's next because that way it holds more shelf life you know in on your story or if you're doing a podcast we all the stuff that we talked about tonight that's still people that still carries next week and next month and so you know, if you love the job, chase after it and look around, get internships, get paid where you can, um, do as much ex uh, experience as you can and ha show your personality. Don't be dull um, and just have fun with it. And I firmly believe if you speak well, then you're going to write well. If you write well, then you should speak well. Well, you guys do both of that. And so that means you're versatile. You could write uh, features, news stories, commentary. You could do um, quick hit things on social media. And you could do radio programs, broadcasts, or podcasts like this because of versatility. They both work hand in hand. So um, sports journalism, there's always going to be a need for sports journalism. There's always going to be a need for local high school coverage, local college coverage, 
or if there's an NBA team or an MLS team or an NFL team and all that, um, uh, there's always going to be. I, I, I've had a great niche with high school sports for 30 years. You go heavy on football, heavy on basketball. Those are the headliners. Um, but you're always listening to what's going on out there. And, 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 you know, the best clips are usually the ones where you have an issue. Not controversy. I mean, it could be controversy, but you're not stirring up the controversy. You know, but uh, like these COVID testing, these are interesting stories, um, and they're not easy stories, and they're not necessarily fun stories. So, advice is to seize it, have fun, and chase it. It it could be hard work. You guys know that, um, but it's a fun kind of hard work. You're not digging ditches and driving, uh, you, know, you know, trucks in the snow trying to haul cattle or something. My stepdad did that as a rancher. That's where I, you know. That's hard work. That's hard. That's hard work. This is fun work. I agree with you, Joe. Thanks for that advice. We appreciate it here. I know me and Mac much appreciate and respect you. So thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, guys. And, and, and we'll we'll talk again. We'll see you at events. And uh, uh, just keep doing what you guys are doing. I'm, I'm impressed with the quality of this. And uh, I thought the questions were lame. But, uh, you know, other, no, I'm just kidding. No, you guys are, <laughs> you guys are terrific. And you have fun with it. And that's that's the whole key. It makes it a fun listen. Wise words from Joe Davidson. Thank you, Joe, for joining us. And Gary, I think it's time for us to make our exit here. So uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Be sure to go check out all the other stories and podcasts on StateHornet.com. And we'll see you next week for the next episode of No Limits. Peace.